Lindsay and I are here, and coming up from Lakeland, as Pastor David was sharing a moment ago, my wife of 38 years, almost 38 years, is the greatest blessing God ever has given me, and I'm so grateful for her. And let me just say that uh, every once in a while, you'll meet somebody and immediately connect with them. And that's what I did with your pastor today. I love your pastor, don't you? He is a great man of God. And I love his heart and his spirit and his passion for the things of God. So, David, thank you for this opportunity, my friend. And then Pastor Phil and Janet are dear, dear friends of ours. We love them so very much. And you know how fortunate you are to to have them in your midst. Pastor Danny and Phil and I all serve together on staff. So it feels like a reunion day today. So we're thrilled to be here. David mentioned a moment ago, uh, I have had recently back surgery. It was my 11th back surgery. And unfortunately, in this last one, I got a spinal cord infection. You never want to have that. So uh, I would just ask that you would pray for me. And if I holler a little loudly, you will know either it's the Holy Spirit or pain. And, uh, but I appreciate your prayers. God has led me to speak a message to you today entitled, Do You Have the Blessing? And I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 10, Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. Do you have the blessing? Would you stand and honor the reading of God's infallible word? And they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms, and he began blessing them, laying his hands on them. Do you have the blessing? Please be seated. I have a book entitled, Dear Pastor, and it's brief letters from children to pastors. And I want to give you some examples of what what is in the book. Dear Pastor, I like to go to church except when there is something better to do, Teddy, age 10. Dear Pastor, could you say a special blessing for my Aunt Beatrice? She has been looking for a husband for 12 years and still hasn't found one. Yours sincerely, Debbie, age 9. Dear Pastor, I think more people would come to church if you moved it to Disney World, Lorraine, age 9. Dear Pastor, please say in your sermon that Peter Peterson has been a good boy all week. I am Peter Peterson. Sincerely, Pete, age 9. Dear Pastor, please say a prayer for my teacher. She's sick, and if you said a prayer, she would get better and come back to school. Sincerely, Susan, age 9. P.S. The other kids in my class said I should not write this letter. (laughs) Dear Pastor, I wish you would tell some jokes in church. Even God likes to laugh. Your friend, Stuart, age 11. Dear Pastor, please say a prayer that my mother can lose 20 pounds. She tried Weight Watchers and it didn't help at all. Now she needs prayer. Sincerely, Jennifer, age 11. Uh, Two more. I love this one. Dear Pastor, I would like to bring my dog to church on Sunday. She's only a mutt, but she is a good Christian. Love, Victoria, age (laughs) 9. Dear Pastor, everybody says amen after your sermon because they're glad it's over. Thomas, age 10. You know, no wonder Jesus loved children. And the Bible here speaks of the blessing. The blessing of a parent to a child is one of the most important things you will ever do on this planet as a parent. And many adults in this room today have missed a blessing. There are teenagers in this room who have missed the blessing. In a moment, I want to show you what happens if you miss that blessing. 
Now, one book I want to recommend to you that has greatly helped me to understand this is called The Blessing by John Trent and Gary Smalley. Every parent and grandparent should read this book. So let's look at this idea of the blessing. So if you'll take your notes and fill in the blanks. Number one is defining the blessing. In the Old Testament, the blessing is spoken of 415 times. It is that important. The word bless means to speak well of. It has something to do not only with the words that are spoken, but the tone in which it is spoken, how you speak those words. In the Bible, there are four types of blessings, and we need each of them. Number one, there is God's blessings to his people. And a clear example of that is Abraham, Genesis 12, 2. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. The greatest blessing ever given by God to a human being is the blessing of eternal life, of salvation, going to heaven, missing hell, receiving all the benefits of a child of God. That blessing, when you are saved, is eternal. Satan cannot take it away. The world cannot take it away. You can't even take it away. Listen to Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Another blessing is what God gives to you when you obey him. John 13.17, Jesus said, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Obedience always brings the blessing of God on your life, and God wants to bless you, and he most often does that through obedience to his word. But there's a second kind of blessing, and there is the blessing from people to God. I'm speaking of what we did just a moment ago, praise and worship, adoring God. You acknowledge that God is your source of everything. You tell him with your words, your expressions, with your everything that he is worthy to be praised. Number three, there is the blessing of God over some person or thing. It is the act of setting apart something and dedicating it to God. You can dedicate something or someone to God by asking God's special blessing upon it. You can do that with your home or a room in your home, or a place of business, your job, your car, your food, your space at work, your classroom, wherever you spend time, you can set that place apart for God. A Christian farmer spent the day in the city. In a restaurant for his meal, he sat near a group of young men. And after he bowed his head to give thanks for his food, one of the young men thought he would embarrass the old gentleman. Hey, farmer, does everyone do that out where you live? And the old man calmly replied, no, son, the pigs don't. The pigs don't. There's a fourth kind of blessing, and it is the blessing by one person to another. This is the blessing we're focusing on today. We see it throughout the Bible, such as Isaac blessing Jacob, and Jacob blessing his grandsons, Joseph's sons. It is the kind of blessing that God wants you to give to your child, to your grandchild. This is the family blessing. It is what your child longs for. It is what many in this room today have missed, your speaker included. But look at number two, if you will. Missing the blessing. What happens if someone misses this blessing? There are thousands of children, adult children, teenagers, children who have missed this blessing from their parents and they are crying out for it today. There is an empty spot. There is a vacuum created when a child does not have the blessing of his or her parents. They spend their lives seeking the approval of others, and you often see that through overachieving. 
Oftentimes, there is even a willingness to compromise morally in order just to get that affirmation from another person. The blessing is sought with the wrong people in the wrong places. Now, it's no excuse for not taking personal responsibility, but it gives you an insight into why some people do what they do and feel the way they feel. That blessing brings a sense of confidence and security. It brings you a sense of self-worth. And when the blessing has been missed, there is an inner cry of somebody, please love me. Somebody, please accept me. Please let me know that you're proud of me. Please tell me I love you. There is some young lady looking for the blessing in the arms of some young man or older man who cares only about one thing and it is not her best interest. There is some man trying to find the blessing by looking to someone other than his wife for affirmation. There is some young man sitting in prison today because he missed the blessing. There is some young man sniffing something up his nose, injecting something into his veins, or drinking something that is destructive because he missed this blessing. There is a woman in a chat room or through an affair, seeking that blessing. Maybe she's trying to get it through things, through a department store or jewelry. Unbelievably bad things happen when you miss the blessing, and some of you have missed it. Look at number three, passing on the blessing. In Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16, Jesus is blessing the children. There are 10 elements in this passage on how to pass down a blessing to your child or to your grandchild. So write these down. Number one is introduce Jesus. Whatever you do, get your child to Jesus Christ. When you get your child to Jesus, he or she has the greatest blessing of all. Look at verse 13. And they were bringing children to him. Parent, your primary job in life is to get your child to Jesus Christ. A substantial majority of the people who receive Christ as their Savior do so before the age of 18. So get them in church, get them in Sunday school, get them in VBS, in Awana. Build that atmosphere in your home that introduces them to Jesus. Number two is reassuring touch. Verse 13, and they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them. Jesus used the power of touch to bless children. Parents, there is great power in a loving, affirming touch. Kiss your child. Hug your child. Lovingly touch your child. That touch communicates your love, your acceptance, your warmth, your care, your concern, your encouragement, and your affirmation. So reassuring touch. Number three, it involves uplifting words. Jesus used words to encourage the children. There is unbelievable power in the spoken word. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now look at verse 16 of Mark 10. And he took them in his arms and he began blessing them, laying his hands on them. Jesus' blessing to them was a spoken blessing. Friend, you need to tell your child I love you. Now, I run into people who say, well, we didn't grow up that way. And in my home, I didn't hear dad say, I love you. So we're just not used to that. Then friend, even if you were in a home that didn't say it, you need to break that cycle and you need to tell your child, your grandchild, I love you. Let's say that together. I love you. Did anybody die? No. 
Tell your child, I'm proud of you. If you've done wrong to him or her, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I was wrong. I think you're great. The blessing of the parent can break the power of a curse. Now, a curse biblically means to speak ill of or to revile. Negative words have the power to destroy and even set a person's destiny. Curses are destructive. Blessings build up. Negative labels like fool or dummy or stupid are negative nicknames. Even though they may begin as a term of endearment, can also become a curse uh, the rest of your life. A negative reputation. You will never amount to much. I hope you marry someone who is smart because you're not. Can't you do anything right? Negative comparisons. Why can't you be more like, or I wish you were more like? You see, your blessing can break the power of a curse. And if you're carrying a curse in your life, what do you do? You admit it. You pray over it. And you renounce it, believing instead of what God said about you and not what others have said about you. You choose to forgive those who have placed a curse upon you and you seek God's blessings and you start blessing God. Parent, it is never too late to bless your child, even if your child is an adult. Number four, how do you pass down the blessing? Consistent affirmation. Blessing your child includes your affirmation. Now, notice how Jesus affirmed the children in verses 14 and 15. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. Now look at the picture here. Jesus used the children as an example of those who make up the kingdom of God. Jesus is pointing to the children and telling the adults, you need to be more like them. And he was affirming the children as he did it. So consistent affirmation. Number five, how do you pass down this blessing? Unconditional acceptance. Notice one word in verse 15. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. That word received literally means accepted. Jesus received these children. He accepted them. It didn't matter what they looked like. It didn't matter what family they came from or what they had or didn't have. He accepted them for who they were. Your child needs to know that you accept him, that you accept her. That's not to say that you accept what they do when they're wrong or when they're adults, if they choose a sinful lifestyle. You're not accepting that sinful lifestyle. You're letting your child know, however, I accept you. And when you bless your child, you are saying, I accept you as you are. You don't have to do anything else to gain my love. I approve of you as a person. You are mine. No matter what you will ever do, I'm going to love you and I'm going to be there for you. You are mine. So you express their worth, their value to you. Many children grow up with a feeling that, that nothing they do is ever enough. Good enough is never good enough. And they spend their lives trying to be accepted, trying to gain someone's approval. And it can be a lonely, painful, dangerous journey leading them to all kinds of dead ends. Number six, how do you pass down the blessing? Attentive listening. Jesus listened to these children. Children love to talk, and they want to be listened to, especially by mom and dad. Verse 14. 
But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. These children wanted to come to Jesus. Why? I believe it was because they knew Jesus would listen to them. Mark 10, 16. And he took them in his arms, and he began blessing them and laying his hands on them. He took time for the children. Parents, what about you? I know how busy you are. I know you're trying to make a living. I know the pressures in this culture that are upon you, but your child needs, deserves, and must have your undivided attention. So that means putting down the remote. It means getting off of Facebook for a while. It means stop texting when they are talking, putting down the paper, getting off your phone, and not only listening with your ears, but listening with your body, paying attention to them. Part of the blessing involves listening to your child, letting your child talk about what he or she wants to talk about. Your ears can be one of your greatest allies with your children. Number seven, how do you pass down a blessing? You share with them a hope-filled future. Jesus blessed these children by letting them know they had a very special and unique future, that God had something really good for them. Look at verse 14. Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. As part of the kingdom of God, they had the greatest future possible, and so do you if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Your child needs to hear from you. You have a great future. The best is ahead of you. God has something very unique in store for you. When you do that, it instills hope in your child. They're constantly being bombarded with gloom and doom and negative messages. You need to speak to them about God's wonderful plan for their lives. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Look at number eight. Is understood accessibility. Blessing your child involves being accessible to your child. Notice how accessible Jesus was. He was the most important man who ever walked on this planet. He had more to do than anyone ever. He had the greatest mission ever, yet he made himself available, accessible to these children. They were not an interruption to him. Now, the disciples were trying to protect his time and energy, and they attempted to keep the children away from him. But notice his response in verse 14. Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. That word hinder means to restrain. It means to forbid. Permit means to allow, to give permission. Your child needs to know from you that no matter where you are or who you are with, if they need you, you are available to them. Number nine is specific praying. Matthew 19, 13 says, Then some children were brought to him so that he might lay his hands on them and pray, and the disciples rebuked them. Jesus prayed for these children. He called their names out to God the Father. Has your child ever heard you pray out loud for him or her? What an incredible blessing. You need to pray with and for your child several times a day, and there are four specific things you need to be praying for. Number one is you pray for your child's salvation. Number two, you pray for your child's mate. 
Number three, you pray for your child's protection. We'll see that in, in a moment. But it's a praying a hedge of protection around them. Number four, you pray for your child's friends. And that leads me to number 10 on how to pass down the blessing is protective walls. To bless your child, you must be committed to protecting your child at all costs. You will do everything possible to keep him or her from danger. Jesus was angry when the disciples tried to keep the children from him. And he gets angry with anyone or anything that attempts to keep children away from him today. Look at verse 14 again. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And Jesus was incensed. Anything that tries to steal your child's sense of right and wrong or takes your child away from God or enslaves them in any way or makes Jesus insignificant to them or God insignificant to them in any way makes Jesus angry. Your blessing helps to build that wall of protection around your child physically, emotionally, and relationally. It gives them, as I said a moment ago, a sense of confidence, a sense of security. That's how you pass down a blessing to your child or your grandchild. But quickly look at number four, is redeeming the blessing. What if you miss the blessing? What can you do now? How do you buy back that opportunity to get that blessing? There are four brief actions that you and I can take. Number one, no matter what age your child is, give your blessing to that child. Do not wait another day. Face-to-face is obviously preferable. But if that's not possible, you FaceTime them or Skype. If that's not possible, send them an email or a letter, but don't leave this earth without giving them your express blessing. Number two, if your parent is not going to give you the blessing, maybe they're dead or you know that they just won't offer the blessing, find an older godly person and ask him or her to bless you and to bless your children. There are godly people who would love to be part of your life. With my mom and dad now gone to be with the Lord, uh, my mother-in-law has stepped in that role for me, and she has spoken that blessing into my life. And what an incredible joy that is. Number three, be a blesser. Ask God for opportunities for you to bless others. Mentoring is a great way of blessing. Men, find a younger man and make him your focus and mentor him. Ladies, find a younger woman and make her your focus. Mentor her. The church of Jesus Christ must get back to older godly men and older godly women raising up a godly generation. It can be done. Don't believe the world. It can be done. And then number four, don't expect any person to be what only Jesus can be to you. No person on earth can be all that you need. It's too much to expect. Because people are going to disappoint you. They're going to let you down. People will not meet all your needs. They cannot. That's why, my friend, Jesus is the blessing. Don't miss him. Let me end with this story. It's a story that I've not been able to share out of respect for my mom. And since my mom died and went to heaven on March 20th of this year, I now have the freedom to share. I grew up in a very difficult home with a mom who indeed loved me, but with a dad that I could never please. 
good enough was never good enough for him. And looking back, I see that what I missed from him was what I'm preaching on today, the blessing, his approval, his acceptance. There are times that I continue to search for that. Dad had a horrific accident on his job at Dixie Cup in Fort Smith, Arkansas. I was nine years old, and it changed him for the worse. I I remember one day in the garage, him taking a coat hanger and beating me with that. I remember sitting at the kitchen table, and he got angry, and he had this big ring on, and he hit me in the forehead. Verbal abuse was normal in my home. And there are patches of time that I have just blocked out because of the pain. And I could count on my one hand any happy childhood memories. Holidays were especially hard. But when Jesus saved me at age 16, he not only saved my soul, he saved my life. And I was heading down a very destructive path because I was an angry young man. Well, things did get a little better through the years once I left home and Angie and I had our children. And I do believe that my dad did come to know Christ. But when he died in February of 2009, he left this world much like the way he lived his life very quickly. He had a fatal heart attack in the Walmart sporting goods section, his favorite place on earth. Now, I knew my dad had a safety deposit box at the bank. And I went to retrieve some papers, and the thought hit me. Maybe dad has left me something. Maybe he's written something that would give me the blessing that I so needed from him. And as I searched through the papers, I saw an envelope with my name on it. My heart started racing, and my mind running ahead of itself, suggesting maybe this is what I'm looking for. Maybe that's the blessing. I opened it and read these words. Jay, in case anything happens to me, here's some insurance information for your mother. That was it. Now, I'm glad he was taking care of my mom, don't get me wrong. But I just sunk. Several days after the funeral, I drove out to Dad's grave site by myself, and I just poured out my heart to him. You know, for some of you whose parents have gone on and you still have issues, it's probably a good idea to go visit that cemetery. I just poured out my heart. I said, Dad, why? Why did you leave before I could have this talk with you? Dad, what did I do wrong? Help me to understand this. I missed the blessing from my dad. Let me say, I did not miss the blessing from my heavenly father. He's always available, always affirming, always loving. I will never leave you or forsake you. Parents, give your child the blessing. Grandparents, give your grandchildren the blessing. And to everyone, don't miss the greatest blessing of all, the blessing of knowing that you know that you know if you died right this moment, you will go to heaven. And only God himself can grant you that. And hallelujah, no one can take that away. You see, there are some of you this morning, 
that need to pour out your heart to God. Maybe, maybe a family member has done something to you or said something to you and you've been nursing that and holding on to that or maybe they failed to do something you think they should have done. And, and you're living with that, with that sense of unforgiveness. Let me tell you, forgiveness is not a feeling you feel. It is a choice you make. Forgiveness is surrendering your right to hurt back those who have hurt you. And some of you need to surrender that right today. Maybe a parent, maybe a brother or sister, other family member. Some of you have broken relationships with your family. And you need to begin that process of dealing with it today. Some of you need to come in a moment and just pray for a specific family member. And maybe they're away from God. Maybe they're not saved. And maybe you're here. Uh, ladies are here without husbands who know Jesus Christ. And you just need to come and pray for his salvation. And all of us need to commit today. I will speak a blessing into my son and daughter's life. I will speak a blessing into my grandson, our granddaughter's life. And let me come back to this. Friend, you can do all of that, but if you miss the blessing, if you miss Jesus Christ, you miss it all. He is the only one that can heal your heart. He's the only one that can bind up that hurt. He is the only one who has the power to change that struggle you're feeling in your heart or in your mind. Would you bow your heads, please? Close your eyes. Let me ask you a question, the most important question I believe you can ever be asking is this. Do you know that you know that you know if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? Do you know that? You see, you can be 99% sure, but that's not good enough. You need to know there was a time and place when Jesus came into your heart. You say, well, I can't remember the exact date or time. Well, you don't have to, but you have to remember that there was a time and place when you did do that. Some of you may be a leader in this church or another church. And maybe you've struggled with this for a long time and you wonder, am I going to heaven or hell? But I don't want to do anything because people think that I'm a leader in the church or what will they think? What will they say? Friend, you need to put all that aside and make sure that you are 100% certain if you died, you'd go to heaven. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer silently while I pray it out loud and meet it in your heart. Don't let, let another minute go by without you knowing that you know that you know if you died, you'd go to heaven. Do not let doubt continue. Nail this down. Would you pray? Dear God, I've sinned against you, O holy God, and I cannot save myself. I cannot be good enough to go to heaven. I cannot work my way to heaven. Jesus, that's why you came. And you lived a perfect life. And you went to the cross and you took my sin upon you and you shed your blood and you died and rose from the dead to save me. Jesus, I trust you alone to save me. I trust what you did at the cross, not what I can do with good works. I turn from my sin and I ask you to forgive me. And I turn to you in faith and I invite you, Jesus Christ, to be my Savior and my Lord. Write my name. In the Lamb's book of life. Nobody's looking. You prayed that prayer with me. 
I won't embarrass you. Would you just slip up your hand? Let me see who you are. Pastor, I prayed that for you a moment ago. God bless you. I'm going to invite all of us to stand right now. I'm going to ask the pastor and some staff team members to come to the front. And if you prayed to receive Christ, I want you to come let them know. You don't have to do anything, but just say, I prayed with Brother Jay a moment ago. Or if you need to join the church, maybe you've been dating the church a while. Now it's time to join. Come as a family, come as a single adult, a couple, a teenager. Or getting your baptism in order. Uh, maybe you were baptized and later got saved. Friend, you need to get your baptism in order. So for those, I would ask that you come and let one of the pastors know about your decision. But I'm going to invite those of you who just need to come and pour out your heart about a family member. Maybe they did something, said something, or failed to do something, and you need to deal with it. You need to come to this altar and say, I surrender my right to hurt back those who have hurt me. Some of you have broken relationships with your, with your family, with a son, with a daughter, with a dad or a mom or a brother or a sister. You need to come and say, God, beginning today, I'm going to do something about this. Some of you have missed the blessing. Would you come to this altar and say, oh, God, be that blessing to me. Pour out your heart to him. And then for those of you who have not specifically blessed your child or grandchild, I'm going to ask you to leave your seat and come to this altar and say, God, I commit to you at the first opportunity, I will bless my son, my daughter, my granddaughter, my grandson. Men, you are the spiritual leader at home. The temperature spiritually of your home directly correlates with your walk with God. And I'm going to ask you men to come to this altar And commit to God that you're going to be that spiritual leader.